Why, thank you, Jungle Jim, for that wonderful musical introduction. Oh, man, here you are just cranking it out. You're on fire. We're having a heat wave, a musical Jungle Jim heat wave over there, cranking out that wonderful music, just banging the keys as we wind down summer 2023, September, autumn in the air, recording this podcast right on Labor Day weekend. That's right, the unofficial end of summer, the beginning of fall. Put all your right clothes away and get ready for Labor Day. That's Jungle Jim over there in the corner, our musical director. I'm Tim Marr. This is Failing Up, recording this podcast in the basement studio located along the shores of the mighty Seneca River, which flows all the way to the Great Lake of Ontario. All of them crowded with holiday revelers closing out the summer. Make it a right and go all the way up to the Thousand Islands on the St. Lawrence Seaway, flowing north, make note, flowing north past 1,000 islands, many boats, many recreations, and a lot of writers coming on now. And around the world, just like my voice, make it left, you're going to find yourself going to Toronto, Canada, lovely Toronto, Canada. Beautiful this time of year, beautiful any time of the year. Somehow you're going to find yourself in Buffalo if you go a little south of there, going to go from Niagara Falls, in a barrel, over the falls, into Lake Erie, all the way through those mighty, huge, great lakes. Michigan, Huron, Superior, Erie, my goodness gracious. Whew, they're all packed. They're all packed. They're too big to be packed. They're all too big to be packed because they're such huge lakes. But of course, this is the um, unofficial end of summer here in the United States of America and all around the world. Uh, It's also we're starting to really, uh, people are starting to talk about elections and campaigns and all kinds of stuff. And there's indictments and in the... um, the big piece is, is that yet once again, we have two individuals that it looks as if it looks as if these two individuals who are going to be nominated by their parties as of now, now a lot can happen, mind you, one of them has multiple indictments and I don't know what the other one's going to do, but it's the same old, same old, you know, and in this case, old being the operative word. Now, many people believe that Joe Biden is just too old to be running for president and that Donald Trump is a totally incompetent. Now, Trump is not much younger uh, than Biden, actually, so they're both pretty much in, in the same range. But with everything that's been happening, when you have the the uh, Senate Majority Leader freezing, Mitch McConnell, at uh, I think he's 83 years old, and you have, uh, you know, the people saying Biden's losing it, but it's the same old, same old. And, and, and we're really not given the choice, but we really don't use our voice. If it don't fit, you better acquit. But we don't use our voice because allowing this to re- reoccur and reoccur, and it's very similar, and I applaud the courage. If you look back into a um, great article, if you look back into 1968 when um, the campaign was running in 1968, and LBJ, late in the campaign, made a shocking announcement on national television that he would not seek nor would he accept the nomination for his party's uh, running for the president of the United States. And at that time, when he had made that announcement, it really, um, Eugene McCarthy from Minnesota was uh, really pushing pressure on him. And McCarthy was running on the anti-Vietnam War platform. And at that time, the country was divided. And the country was divided over the Vietnam War and the draft. And it was the youth of America, the youth of America, which is now even that, that group of youth are our elder citizens, AARP all the way, but that um, group essentially revolted peacefully most of the time, not always, 
but they revolted, and it caused uh, Lyndon Baines Johnson, LBJ, to be one of the most heroic, I think, acts of any president next to next to uh, George Washington, who said, we don't want to be kings, and he did not seek another term in office because he didn't want to become a, a king. And so we have... Uh, we have LBJ taking the move to step down, realizing that he wasn't the best choice. And at that point, late then in the election, later, it was late in the primaries, Bobby Kennedy decided to jump in. Very late, it was around March of 1968, Bobby Kennedy jumps in. So while this is happening, very late in the primary season, of course, Kennedy gets assassinated. Uh, McCarthy disappears. LBJ had a weak vice president in um, Hubert Humphrey, very weak vice president, and he gets beat by the established Richard Nixon, who had lost to Kennedy's brother, John, in 1960. And Nixon had stuck around dirty, you know, Tricky Dicky. And Tricky Dicky became president. Of course, Tricky Dicky was then, what a roller coaster ride. Tricky Dicky then was um, forced to resign as a result of Watergate, which Donald Trump makes Watergate look like nothing, nothing at all, and, and which led to uh, already an instilled distrust in the uh, institutions in the 60s because of the lies around the Vietnam War. And now there was more distrust because of the Watergate scandal, which eventually led to Ronald Reagan coming in and yada, yada. But the whole deal is, is that LBJ stepped down and it opened the door for new, for new uh, hope and for new ideas, even though they were shot down, literally shot down. That's why it was so tragic when RFK was assassinated, because when he was assassinated, I believe he was assassinated. I was nine years old, but I believe when he was assassinated, a lot of hope went right down in that uh, hotel ballroom in Los Angeles, California. California. Yeah, you know what I'm doing, Jim. So now, now here we are in 2023. The election will be in 2024. Faced with Joe Biden. I like Joe Biden. I, I'm a Democrat and I'm liberal, but I like Joe Biden. But Biden has been part of the political establishment now for about 300 years. I mean, he was a uh, a senator, and then he ran for president, you know, nominations numerous times. He was vice president for eight years. Now, I think Biden was a good choice when he ran after Trump because the country needed to get balanced again after the chaotic Trump administration, all the lies, all the deceit. And Biden came in. I think he steadied the ship. I think Biden needs to step aside. I think it's time for a whole new wave to come in. And this whole new wave, um, whoever they are, need to be supported. I think Trump needs to step down simply because Trump is running a campaign based on staying out of jail and deceit. So one wants to be a dictator and the other um, never wants to leave. So it's so we've gotten to the point we've gotten to the point where um, we're wondering, well how come how come this can happen? And this happens because the voice of Americans um, don't really take time to be heard. They don't not to be heard, but they don't speak out. It's it's a it's a voiceless country. And there's some great articles in today's paper, which I'm gonna rattle just to prove to you that I actually read today's paper. But there's a great article. American democracy is cracking. These forces explain help forces that are helping to explain why. A wonderful article by the Washington Post's Dan Baez and Clara and Smores, and they get into, into all the history around the Constitution, and they're speaking about the um, Electoral College and why it was created in the Constitution and the popular vote. 
And when you read through their article, which I really recommend, it gets into um, it gets into some really interesting facts that in this century, in the last twenty odd years, in this century, it's um, it's really resulted that um, that as far as um, twice, so twice in a century, twice in the past two decades, an individual has gone into the presidency who was not elected, who did not receive the popular vote. And that individual then became president. One was George W. Bush and one was Donald Trump. And neither one received the majority of the popular vote, but they became president. That's amazing. And you say to yourself, how can that happen? As I flip over here, how can that happen? And, and during the first two centuries of this country's history, so during the first two centuries, so in the past two decades we've had it happen twice, during the first two centuries, there were only three cases in which the person elected president did not receive the popular vote, 1824, 1876, and 1888. So only three times in two centuries, first two centuries, and two times in 20 years. That's amazing. And that is a whole, then they, they make the argument, which is great, and they point out the facts, that that trickles down. Because that means that the majority of individuals who went to vote did not, their vote did not go towards the candidate they wanted. And that means the individual who went into the White House was not the individual who really won the vote. They went in based on the Electoral College. Now, the Electoral College was put together way back by the founding fathers, the founding fathers of our country. Not trust that, um, you know, that, that, that that it was built that they did not trust that fearing they feared that many citizens would be well would be not well informed and therefore they would put power into the hands of individuals who shouldn't be gaining power wow doesn't that uh, talk about coming full circle where many individuals over 40 percent of MAGA aren't well informed but yet they're putting individual they want to put an individual into power who should not have power but again the popular vote does not according to this article's great states does not the 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 popular, the, the, the population of the vote, the populist vote, did not put these individuals into office. So people say, okay, you know, we have the Electoral College, which is really, you know, a mess. It's a mess. But then what, what, are, the, what are the ripple effects when somebody goes into office who the majority of the country didn't want in, the, uh, in office? Well, the ripple effect is very simple. The ripple effect is then that this individual who's in office that the majority of us didn't want in office then makes decisions you know, then makes decisions with uh, Supreme Court nominees, makes decisions over rules, and then and then Congress comes in, and decisions are made in Congress because Congress um, is being is is being filled with individuals who, based on how their districts are are, are laid out, again win re-election. And the Senate, which was supposed to be equalized, again that happens there. So, so our writers go on to say that Democrats have won the presidential vote in seven of the last nine presidential elections. But during that time, during the time when Democrats won the, the popular vote, the last nine presidential elections, the last nine presidential elections, so seven of the last nine presidential elections. All right, you know what I'm saying here? I'm all messed up now, Jim. Democrats have won the popular vote in seven of the last nine presidential elections. But during that time, so seven of the last nine Democrats have won the popular vote, but during that time, Republican presidents have nominated six of nine current Supreme Court justices. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? And then the justices are being elected based on who was in office.
the voice of the minority is running the country. And that explains why in so many cases. Oh, man. So, Jungle Jim, I'm all over the place with this stuff. But this article really got me thinking. It really got me thinking that the majority of the decisions that are being impacted, that, are, that impact our lives, are being made by individuals who, dot, who do not represent the majority of the citizens of this country. So the majority is impacted by the minority. But everybody just kind of cruises along. There's, now there's a mistrust of the establishment. The mistrust of the institutions is by those that are perpetuating uh, the institutions to act in an unethical and illegal way. So they fabricate distrust when it should be trusted. They, they fabricate a message. They fabricate, they fabricate, Uncle Jim, they fabricate a rigged election when it wasn't rigged. They fabricate, fabricate, why can't I say that? They fabricate witch hunts, which really aren't witch hunts, hunches, hunches. They're not hunches, they're hunts. Witch hunts. They're not witch hunts. But they fabricate that stuff. Witch hunches. I got a hunch. I got a hunch of witches coming in about a month and a half on Halloween. That's my hunch. But they fabricate that stuff. And then they fabricate it. And the messaging and the decisions are made by the minority. Because the individuals who are in Congress, the individuals who are in the Senate, many of those in the majority of the Senate and the majority of the Congress are not representing the majority of their state. They're representing those that happen to be in the right districts to put them in based on how the geography is laid out. And in the past 20 years, we have two presidents who went into office who lost the popular vote and put the majority of Supreme Court justices on the Supreme Court. And it's the same old, same old, and nobody, no, and it's not illegal, and what we're saying is not illegal, but it's pathetic because what happens is everybody's sitting around thinking, oh my God, here we go again. Why can't, of course you can do something. You can get out there and, and get your vote going. You can get out there and get your voice going because if your voice goes and your voice becomes loud enough, change will happen. But change always ha only happens when change is needed or change is, is forced to happen. Not forced in a violent sense, but forced in a, in a persuasive sense. If people think it's time to have new individuals leading our country, it's hard to say, well, every vote's got to count, and every vote's got to count, but if every vote counts and the popular vote doesn't put the individual in, that can be frustrating, but still, you have to keep getting the voice out there and not just letting the bull, bully pulpit take it over. I rambled. I mean, Jungle Jim, I am rambling, but this thing just rattles my cage, rattles my cage, rattles my brain. You're on Labor Day weekend. Oh, my goodness gracious. How are you doing? This is Failing Up. I'm Tim Marr. That's Jungle Jim. Get your voice going. It's you who makes the change. You know what I mean? You can't you can't change your underwear unless you actually change your underwear. Otherwise, you're going to be around stinky underwear all the time. You got to change it. You got to change it, Jungle Jim. You got to change it. You got to look at history. You got to look at history. The Constitution is meant to be a fluid document, not a stagnant, stiff document. It's meant to be fluid and bent and added to and amended. But if you have individuals who aren't benefiting from those amendments, they're going to block it. And then it becomes an, out of, an, out, an outdated document. Founded, a found, great document, founded on trust and founded on respect and founded on people thinking they're going to do the right thing. When people start coming along not doing the right thing, and people start finding out gaps in the system and how to play the system, then you got a problem. Hello, Houston, we've got a problem. 
This is Tim Marr. That's Jungle Jim. This is Failing Up. Bye-bye.